0: Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer. Hello to you, I hope you're well, I hope everything's hunky-dory. Love the phrase hunky-dory. No one ever says hunky-dory anymore, do they? Anyway, that's not the point. (laughs) I wanted to talk this week about mixing. So as you may know, I'm a mixing engineer and something I hear and see bands do a lot is mixing their own music. And don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say you should never do it. Don't do it. It's awful. There are several reasons why you might want to do it. But what I'm covering this week is should I mix my own music? If you're in a band, should you mix your own music? Say you've you've got a home recording rig and you've recorded the track. Should you record it? I've got four points to consider when thinking about should you mix your own music so I'm not going to waste any more time I'm just going to go straight in with point one and point one is really the most obvious and pressing is your budget do you have money to hire a mixing engineer or do you know a friend who's trying to get to become a mixing engineer for example and might want to mix If you do have that friend, then lucky for you. But if you don't, you need to consider your budget. Do you have the money to pay for a mixing engineer? Now, I wouldn't dismiss it out of hand. I think what may be worth doing is approaching several mixing engineers, you know, and seeing what their prices are, at least getting an idea before just dismissing it out of hand. But it's really worth going in, eyes wide open. If you're a band with currently zero pounds in your account to spend on mixing or recording or anything like that, then that's going to answer your question for you. (laughs) You need to consider your budget, basically. If you have no pounds, then you can't hire a mixing engineer. If you have some money, then you can hire a mixing engineer, simple as that. Now, I would say that if you have zero pounds in your account, that's not necessarily a bad thing, because there are things that you can do to help yourself in the mixing process if you have no money and you just need to do it yourself. And I'll cover those later in the episode. Point number two is objectivity. So I couldn't really come up with a trite phrase about that other than objectivity. So say you are in a band and you've helped co-write this song, let's say, and you've rehearsed it in the rehearsal room, you've got it really good. You've then gone into your home studio and you've recorded it. You've even recorded the drums. Bit by bit, you've layered up every element until you've got the whole song there and it's sounding really good even before it's been mixed. That's loads of chances you've had to hear that song. Hundreds, if not even thousands, where from writing to rehearsing to recording, you've heard every element of this song. There is nothing new under the sun, about this song to you. You know every single scintilla of it. You know the bits that you think are great. You know the bits that you think are awful. You're like, ah, I just don't know. And chances are you may well even hate the song <laughs> by this point. You may hate what you've done. Objectivity can be really difficult. It can be really hard at that point to see the wood for the trees, as the phrase goes. You can be re- you can find it really difficult to know what to do, to know If, for example, the kick drum has enough low end, what needs compressing, that kind of thing, because you've heard the music so much. And if you hate the song, (laughs) then you're going to struggle to work out how to make it, just that. give it that less polish that a mix can do. So it's really important to go in with that frame of mind as well, that you can have lost your objectivity when it comes to this stage. I think another thing to think about as well is that, The more the human ear hears a sound, the more they get used to it and think it's okay. So, for example, to give you a more musical example, if you crank up your guitar amp and put on loads of treble, so it's like piercingly loud and piercingly kind of bright... Over time, you'll get used to it and you'll go, well, that's just how it sounds. It sounds great because the human ear kind of just gets used to it and will naturally kind of dull the sound a bit kind of in your brains so that you're not hearing all the high end. But if someone was just to walk into the room and just to hear that screaming guitar, they'd hear it and go, that's way too bright. That is a really important thing with mixing, objectivity, knowing the sounds. So if you hired me to work on your mix, then I could come in and go, that guitar is way too bright and I'll take steps to kind of dull it down and just bring it into line with the rest of the song. Because the last thing you want is to release the song and everyone to go, those guitars just sound too bright. They don't sound like other guitars that we like listening to, which is a real problem. So having that kind of outside ear and hearing something from that objective standpoint is really, really important and cannot be underestimated when it comes to mixing. Point number three is knowledge and experience. So if you're in a band, say you have spent lots of time learning how to write and writing, you spent lots of time with your instrument and learning how to get the most out of it, that's great mixing is a whole different skill it just ask anyone you know who mixes in any way and they will tell you that it is a steep steep learning curve i know this when i first learned it's such a steep learning curve where there's loads of compressors and eqs and reverbs and all sorts of things and it's how do you use those things effectively how do you use them in a way that's not going to damage the song it's actually going to help the song that is really really important When you're hiring a mixing engineer, you're not necessarily hiring them for their equipment and all their plugins and all that kind of thing. What you're actually hiring them for is their judgment and their ear. So the mixing engineer has spent a long time in the same way that you have spent a long time learning your instrument and perfecting that. A mixing engineer has spent a long time perfecting and understanding what makes a good mix. How do you get a track from where it is to where you want it to go? What? effects do you need to use what effects don't you need to use what's going to hurt the track rather than help it that kind of thing that is what you get from hiring a mixing engineer and if you are not sufficiently knowledgeable and experienced it can damage your track unfortunately now i'd say if you haven't got any money and that's your problem then there are ways around that and i'll come to that at the end there are ways that you can uh, fix your 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 experiential experiential knowledge and where you're at that's a very fancy phrase so don't worry it's not the end of the world if you kind of need to mix it and you don't fully know what you're doing The last point I've got here is a quality listening environment. So a mixing engineer has a room, usually a space, whatever it is, where they know how good music sounds in it. So I'm sat here currently in my mixing room. I've got my speakers that I can see here. I've got headphones on my head that I use every single day. And I know what in my opinion a good mix sounds like through my speakers and through my headphones and between them i can get a good mix because i know what the speakers sound like there's there's a lot i could say about rooms and there's a lot i could say about how they are optimized for mixing and how they aren't but suffice to say most rooms that you are in at home, for example, will have set, sound will kind of bounce around. You'll hear this if you kind of clap in an empty room. You get this kind of really hollow reverb that kind of sounds horrible. If you've got a badly treated room um, and a room that you're not kind of too knowledgeable on, those things can really hurt you. If you have a room that's very well set up and you've got some speakers or some headphones that you know very well, you're going to be doing much better. That is a really important thing to consider, is your listening environment. Now you'll notice that in all of that, I did not mention things like, have you got the right plugins? Have you got the right hardware? Things like that. I don't think that is important. You, if you know what you're doing, you can make a great mix with stock plugins on whatever door you're using. That is really important to know. You don't need to spend money to have a good mix. You just need to know what the tools you're using do and you have to trust and know your listening environment. If you have those things, along with some knowledge and experience, you can go really far with this. Don't underestimate that. Now, I wanted to say, if you don't have knowledge and experience and you're worried about going into it, there's two things that I would do. I would firstly... Go, he said with trepidation, go onto YouTube and get some of the basics of how to mix. There's loads of YouTubers who offer mixing advice and mixing thoughts, I would suggest that the best place to go is a guy called Joe Gilder. He's an American guy. He is a great mixing engineer and he uses lots of stock plugins within his door, which is Studio One, which is actually what I use as well. But it's lots of tips and advice that you can apply to other doors and other songs. And there's several series where he goes through an entire mix of a song top to bottom and he explains what he's doing and he explains why he's doing it, which is a great way of learning if you've never, if you want to get into mixing and you want to get into it and you just don't know where to start with your skills, I'd say start there because it's free. So you're not losing anything if you don't find it very useful, but it's just a great grounding, a great basis in how basically do these things work. So Joe Gilder, I'll put a link in the show notes for him if that interests you secondly if you feel like you know these tools but you don't say quite trust your listening environment things like that and you don't have the budget to hire a mixing engineer don't worry what i'd say is you can contact me through the show notes there's my email there things like that there's my instagram page however you want to drop me a message contact me and give me a link to your mix even if it's in progress or if it's finished and i will suggest to you what i think you need to do to make that mix even better i love hearing people's mixes and suggesting what they could do to just get it that little bit better, whatever it is. And kind of tapping into my knowledge is something I am very willing for you to do. I'm not going to charge you for it because I'm just listening to a song and sharing my thoughts. So please feel free to do that. Don't feel like you can't contact me because you haven't got the budget to pay me to mix your song. Don't worry, just send me a link and I will honestly and genuinely tell you what I think. I'm using my quality listening environment and my knowledge and my experience to tell you what your song needs to get to the next level. Don't worry about that at all. However, I would genuinely suggest if you have the budget for it, hire a mixing engineer. It doesn't have to be me. Hire a mixing engineer, someone you know and you trust. Because that objectivity point that I mentioned earlier is really important and it cannot be underestimated. Objectivity, especially when you've recorded the song as well and you may be a bit sick to the back teeth of it and you've got used to the sounds there, can be really hard to achieve. And as a mixing engineer, I can come in from ground zero and go, that sounds good, that sounds good, that needs just a little bit of this, that kind of thing. So there we are. That is my thoughts on, should I mix my own music? I haven't really got a definitive answer for you because I don't think there is one. You've just got several points to consider. So there you go. Make of that what you will that is it for another episode of the music survival guide if you enjoyed it then please leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast i really appreciate each and every single one of you who do if you do i will try and pick it up and i'll read it out on the podcast huzzah please also share it with any friends and bandmates if you thought it was useful I really appreciate all of you. So if you're interested, there's a community on Facebook called the Music Survival Guide Community. Hop over there for chats about music and band life with other musicians and industry people. And I will see you next time.